Welcome to Bolts of the Roundtable. Here is your host, Terry Bonadonna. We're back once again on another edition of Bolts of the Roundtable. And after our last edition featured a couple of the Chicago Bandits players, we're back to normal here with just Bolts around a table. So thanks for tuning in. Let me introduce my panel for today. The man to my left immediately is a guy whose voice you've heard on these airwaves plenty of times before, Mr. Blair Beck. Blair, thanks for coming again. Always good to be here, Terry. And to Blair's left is another repeat offender. I don't know if it's an offense to come on to Bolts of the Round Table, but for the, the sake of this introduction, I'm going to assume it is. Drew Peden, Thunderbolts reliever, is here. Drew, thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me. And a newcomer is to Drew's left. It is Thunderbolts starting pitcher Jake Welch. Jake, Jake thank you for coming by. Thank you. So it's good to, to have you all here again right now with the Thunderbolts playing some of their best baseball of the season of late. You get into around the All-Star break. And things start to turn around. Really, late June, early July, things start to turn around for the Thunderbolts. And what do you attribute the changes to? Um, I mean, <clears throat> just doing the little things right. Um, you know, earlier in the year, we were not getting runners over. Um, our bats were not swinging. We weren't swinging it well at all at the beginning of the year. Um, and, I'm, I mean, all around, pitchers are – throwing way better uh, our bullpen's coming out really strong our starting pitchers are going deep into games and um just going out there and competing and being professional about how we go about our business now is i think is uh taking us to that next step and hopefully the playoff push Blair is the only position player on the panel here so it's smart of you to compliment the pitching with drew peden and jake welch aboard uh, drew last time we had you on here you were uh one week or so into your professional baseball experience. How have things changed for you from then until now? Uh, things have changed greatly because I became more comfortable out on the mound and I started to f get a feel for the pace of being an actual like professional baseball game. So overall, it's just when I'm out there, I'm it's just like another day to me now. When you are a rookie entering, and Jake, actually this is interesting for you because on the Frontier League roster, you're listed as rookie one, which means first year of professional baseball. For you, of course, this is not your first professional season. You've pitched a couple of years before. So really, even though you're listed as a rookie one, you are a veteran in the Frontier League clubhouse. What's the relationship like? Uh, what's the, the, the atmosphere like in the clubhouse for a rookie compared to a veteran players? Uh, it's not like... As bad as you think it would be, I definitely know you have to have your you gotta kind of earn a little bit of respect. But right now we have, a, I think the best the best atmosphere we've had all year long. I know in the beginning of the season it was a little little tough for everyone was kind of getting used to each other. Now that we have everyone meshing, it's kind of just rookie thing. It's kind of just a joke now. I understand we all got to do our you know pay our dues and everything like that, but it's been much better with uh, just getting along and not being so uptight in there about everything. And I think that's why we are succeeding on the field now is because we're all meshing with it and keeping it going a little easier. The United Shore League is not really recognized on the Frontier League roster as far as professional experience goes. So you do get rookie one status here, but you didn't get treated as a rookie one when you came in, did you? You had a little bit of a veteran classification? Just, just a little bit. I mean, I still do all grab all the stuff, do all that stuff. I mean, I'd still consider just because we had, you know, we had one, one field, four teams, whatever like that. So I, I – I consider this a lot more, just a lot better. You, you come here, you have 100 games. Obviously, it's a whole different level than better play, better pitching than the United Shore League. So, you know, still kind of like a rookie in the aspect of the traveling, 
living in hotels, all that is new to me. So I do kind of still had to earn a little bit of respect. As far as the, the rookie versus experienced roster spots go, uh, Blair, you've been around for a few years. Drew, you're a new guy, not only to the Thunderbolts, but to the Frontier League and to professional baseball in general. Is there any sense when you first get here, uh, either from your perspective, Blair, when you see rookies come in and looking at them and saying, well, this person needs a mentor, maybe I'll, I'll take that responsibility on myself. Or for Drew, is there anybody that you look to around the clubhouse and say, maybe that's somebody I can learn from? Uh, I mean, for me, like when I see a rookie come in, um, I mean, I was a rookie before, and uh, I just try to I try to make everything relaxed, joke around, um, you know, try to keep everything easy. I'm not a like I, I sometimes like I'll get upset like if somebody doesn't do something, but most of the time I'm, you know, real easy, relaxed, you know, just whatever. Keep it fun. Yeah, keep it fun, relaxed, but usually. I mean, rookies are a little nervous coming in, so usually just easing their nerves and making them feel at home. Usually, I mean, yeah, in the in the out. locker room, you can't really have thin, like, I guess thin skin is what you yeah. call it, right? You don't want to be. Yeah, you don't want to be like. You, you can't be like that. You can't be the guy who like takes everything to heart. I mean, if it happens and you have a sensitive day, hey, let it be. Move on the next day. But you got to kind of have a thicker thicker skin. And someone jokes that you don't like it. Ha ha ha. Give it back. Whatever. But then the next day you move on because you're with these guys. 96 games, 24 hours a day, every day you see each other. So you just got to keep it relaxed in yeah. there. And even if you are a rookie and someone calls you a rookie, it's giggle. Uh, it's not an insult, right? No. And when you, when you are a rookie and somebody calls you a rookie. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's like being called a, a person. It is what it is. It's what you are. Yeah. At so least you're not carrying, like, shoulder pads and yeah. four people's helmets like in the NFL. You know, that's yeah. brutal. Well, we do have our little pink backpack, or, or we have our little unicorn backpack. Yeah, no, it's the Mermaid Squad. Mermaid Squad backpack. Who, I think that's who cool. Picks out, who picks out the backpack? Who picked that out? Chapman. Was, Chapman did it. I'm pretty sure Clay Chapman did that our first year. Okay. So and he, he made just took it upon himself to get a mermaid backpack, and it just. I think it maybe it was Lokensaw. I don't know. I think okay. Lokensaw would probably pull something like that. He's a he's a jokester. Uh, it seems like most of the teams I've been around have something like that, some kind of pink backpack or princess or you know, ponies or whatever. Yeah. Is that something that, is there a hierarchy in the clubhouse where somebody says, well, that's, that's your responsibility. You got to get the embarrassing backpack for the rookie well, pitchers. It's, to hold. Well, it's honest what we do, because it's mostly the bullpen uh, baseballs. So what we did was whoever gave up the last home run carries it and is in charge of it. And so I've given up the last two. So <laughs> I have that. So it's it's not appropriate motivation for you then. No, no. You don't want but the backpack. It's my responsibility right now. Do you ever think, man, I really want to carry that backpack? We're up by five runs. I'm just gonna give this guy a meatball. No. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. And just then, curious. Yeah, yeah but see how far he if, can hit this one. I'm just <laughs> go ahead and pipe it. If I have the backpack for the rest of the season, that means it's great. That means our bullpen's doing our job. Yeah. Nobody else has given up a home run. I wouldn't mind seeing that. A whole month without a, a relief pitcher giving up a home run. It's just relief pitchers, right? The starting yeah. pitchers are not no. involved in this. So you don't mind giving up any home runs, then, Jake? There's no I hate giving up home runs, but you know it is what it is. But I carry the backpack before. I like it. It's really? cute, <laughs> stylish. So you just do it just for fun? Yeah, it's whatever. Oh, okay. I want to go on the same path. Just just occurred to me asking if you've ever intentionally given up a home run, which I assumed the answer was no to. Have you ever done anything on a field, either if it's a big blowout game or if it's just been a long day and? You, you want to try something different? Have you ever done anything different from the routine just to see what happens? Almost every day. Really? 
Oh, yeah. I threw a cut fastball yesterday and almost hit a guy in the head. First pitch I And threw. you don't throw a cut fastball. No. You just – I did it. Why not, right? Because why not? It was 0-2. And it didn't work? And nah, so you didn't, didn't throw it again? It worked in the bullpen. It did not work yesterday on the field. Okay. So then I stopped throwing that. Can we expect to see it again? Yeah, I'm going to throw it next. I'm gonna put it, Actually, I'm going to throw a bullpen with it coming up in three days, and then I'm going to try to use it on the using game. It was moving, but it almost moved into the dude's head, so I just didn't throw it anymore. So, But it wasn't just – on a whim, you say, hey, maybe I'll try a cut fastball. You've been working on this? I All offseason, I worked on it. Didn't really throw it all this entire season. And then bullpen last week, I used it. And I was like, hey, you know, that's what it is. Then I threw it in the game. I almost drilled the guy. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to hang that one up for the day. And I'm going to put a bookmark in this. I really want to come back to this conversation. But I want to hear what Blair Beck does almost every day to change his routine. Uh, I haven't been swinging the bat too well as of late. So, um, like last night, like – a lot of people give other guys in the clubhouse a hard time for not showering after a game. I didn't hit well. I usually I shower every time after a game. Last night, didn't do it. Called my mom, told her that. I was like, speaking of that, I forgot to call her before I got to the field today. I was supposed to. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'll call you right before the game. Can we report to your mother at least that you are clean by now? I am clean by now. Um <laughs> So my mom always gives me a tip before every game, and usually it helps me out. But, um, yeah, I didn't shower last night after the game, so hopefully that makes it up. Um, when I was going you. good, I wouldn't shower at my house. I would just shower at the field. Uh, sometimes I'll get treatment for no reason. I'll just tell Mike, hey, I'm sore. I need cupping in a random area. He'll do it. I'll get a hit. And then I'll ask him for cupping the next day. He's like, hey, we can't cup every single day, Blair. So then I go to a different routine. I don't know, it's all over the place. But whatever gets you hits and lets you feel good that day, I guess. So, I mean, you subscribe pretty staunchly to the, the superstitions of baseball. I'm not – I mean, I guess – yeah. I mean, if I have a good game and I eat a certain thing that morning – and lunch and dinner, I'll have the exact same thing the next day. Yesterday I had a bad game. I had cinnamon rolls and steak and eggs. I was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. I ate the same exact same thing this morning. We'll see if see what happens tonight. Yeah, cinnamon roll, uh, steak and eggs sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I think it doesn't matter how good my game is. I'm just going to have that every day yeah regardless. i had some burnt bacon too on the side okay. it was it was pretty good yeah boy i gotta come over to your place oh, yeah for you like your someday. bacon burnt right burnt where did where were we? we ate somewhere and you asked for it burned and I burnt was like, yeah every time i ask for it burnt i'll go hey i need it burnt whatever the chef his idea of burnt bacon is tell him times it by three i want it black so it's just like ashes by the time you eat it basically yeah uh, crispy that's what i like <laughs> yeah Crispy to the extreme. Crunchy, crunchy bacon. <laughs> All right. Well, to each his own, I suppose. How do you eat your steak? Do you eat your steak burnt? Too? Medium. Medium. Really? So just totally opposite. Totally opposite. Different taste. I guess. Different that's, animal. Yeah, that's true. Right? Big. Yeah, I like Cow. my pork to be a little crunchy. Mm -hmm. Drew Peden, any uh, superstitions for you? Um. Well, every, every game since my freshman year of college, I wore the same undershirt. I hope you watched it. Yeah, in of course. Games. Okay. In between games, and it's a Captain America compression shirt. Still wears it. Still wears it. Still have it. Uh huh. And yep. It, it, it had, is there a reason for that? Well, like he's like the perfect human, right? Captain America. Yeah, he perceived as the perfect human. Yeah, it could be. So aside from God, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh, God's not a human. 
Well, this is true too. I was thinking of Superman, but he's not a human either. Yeah. 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 And so, like, I just uh, wearing it reminds me of just going out there and just being the best that I can be. Now, Captain America is a noted steroids user. You don't follow in that noted. Regard, do you? Where did this come from? Well, it's super serum. I've never heard the, this. The entire. I mean, his entire powers comes out of a bottle. Out right? of. Uh, but, you show me that it is illegal, and. <laughs> I want what Captain America's using. Yeah, when uh, he's using he the, the from... super soldier formula. <laughs> His entire powers come out of uh, the scientific experiments. I mean, maybe they don't call them steroids, but I will tell you there are no natural. noted steroid users on the Windy City Thunderbolts That's currently. Good to know. That anyone yeah, knows as currently, you can, as you can see, as you can see, we are kind of getting small here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I think we all came in go. pretty good, and then. Yeah, season goes on, and no nobody uses the super soldier formula either. I suppose just Except his for shirt, Drupeden's shirt. Yeah. He is a super soldier. So you I can't fill it out yet, but well, I mean, on it. you think of Captain America when you pitch, you want to perform like him. Yeah. How do you think Captain America would be as a pitcher? If he were a baseball player, would he be a pitcher? No, he'd definitely be a hitter. Probably hit third balls, base coach. Third, third base coach for sure. Captain America, <laughs> third <laughs> base coach. <laughs> Among uh, among, you're a big superhero fan. I gathered from the movies you put on the bus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's your favorite superhero? Captain America. Okay. Among superheroes, who would be the best baseball player? Is it Captain America? Among what superheroes? Like, are DC, we going Marvel? Yeah, are we going Marvel oh, or DC? Yeah, I don't know. Let's stick with Marvel for a moment. All right, I Marvel. Suppose. Um. I guess it's an unfair question. It'd be Flash. Oh, he's Flash DC. Is DC. I mean, he'd be. He'd be a pretty good pinch runner. He'd be outfield. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would stick with Captain. Okay. I'd like to see Spider-Man climbing the walls. That's my man. Pretty good catches in the outfield. I love Spider-Man. No homers if Spider-Man's no. out there. No, no, that's not a one at all. man. Just no. That's a one man. Yeah. Just throwing a web and getting it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at, at what point does that become illegal too? Probably immediately, right? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. If there's a Superman league or a superhero league, it would be anything, right? The yeah, fields would have true. to be triple the size of this field. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. If you're gonna, if people are gonna do steroids, whatever, do them. Let's scoot the fences back to 500 feet. Scoot the mound back to 70 feet. You got guys throwing 120 and guys hitting 700 foot homers. So you're okay with that? You just want to create like a a new game, super freak kind of league. Well, I mean, here's we're entertainers, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, yeah, that's what we're saying. WWE, they're entertainers, right? But I don't you know think, if you've seen those guys. Those guys got muscles though? on their eyebrows. Uh, do you think they're what? Do you think that's entertaining to watch a guy, a bunch of people who are on steroids, hit 700 foot home runs, throw 120 miles per hour? I mean, I'm sure people would think it's entertaining. Would you rather see that? Would you rather? Would you rather see Araldus Chapman go out and throw 105 consistently, or? Not, I mean, he's not on steroids, right? I'm not accusing him. But would you rather see him throwing 105 facing Barry Bonds or would you rather see Blair Beck throwing 86 facing Tim? Probably. I think Tim Zier. I think the, the appeal of sports, though, in many ways is watching the, the limitations of human ability – you be you get pushed as far as you can possibly be pushed and see how you respond to that. And if everybody is roided up to the point where it's cartoonish, 
I mean, going back to the, the, the crazy hypothetical of the superhero league, I don't think that would be nearly as interesting because those people don't have the same limitations. Mm-hmm. It'd be like Slugfest. Yeah. You know the game, Slugfest? Right, right. Good, I, good game. Yeah, it's probably more fun, more fun as a video game than as uh, actually Well, I don't it. think people should take stories. I'm just saying, do you think, like, that's inter- pretty entertaining if you see guys going out. Yeah, it would see be different. everyone like John Carlos Stanton times. Yeah, I mean, let's think about how, how many people were loving watching Mark McGuire hit Barry homers Bonds. on a regular basis. Barry Bonds, Jose Canseco, all those guys just putting I, balls out of the yard. At I, will. Almost, I almost feel like back then I even heard that there was more attendance to baseball games mm-hmm. back then than there is now. And now attendance is dropping significantly. Do you think, though, that when it became clear that these people were taking drugs to improve their performance, that changes it, doesn't it? I mean, I was a kid when, when that stuff was I don't going know if on. it was to improve performance as much as it was to get them through a season. I mean, you had got – I mean, you're playing 162 games. Traveling, bus, Traveling. Flying. I mean, you're getting in 4 a.m. in the morning. You got to be at the field at 3. You know, I mean, I've never been on a big league plane, but I'm sure it's comf- comfy. And, but at the same time, that still a grind. takes a toll on your body. Okay, well, I mean, that raises another good point then. At what point does it become unethical or unsportsmanlike to take performance-enhancing drugs? Because the fact that somebody can perform that much better at the game than everybody else naturally, why does that make it more interesting? Why is it more interesting to watch somebody do something naturally as opposed to watching them aided by performance enhancers? And at, what, at where's the line drawn? Because there's no home runs in a bottle. You can't take a drink and then, okay, that's two extra home runs for me today. They're still playing the game. Exactly. I mean, so you had Barry – when Barry Bonds was coming up, his pictures early, he was skinny. He still had a ton of ability to hit the ball out of the yard. He did what he did. No idea. I mean, it's just not even proven, is it? Did Barry they, Bonds? Did they, did they prove that? Yeah, Barry Bonds has they been did? proven. So, okay, that – I don't know what his statement was when he came out, but it could have been just to get him through a season. You know, I mean, he yeah, – you've got a feel for these position players. Like us pitchers, we got you, different starters. We get yeah. one every five days. You get tired, you throw a lot. But, like, guys that are playing, you know, even 96 games, that's tiring, right? Yeah. I mean, you, got, you got guys going down with Tommy John surgery, and then they're out for 16 months, 12, 12 to 16 months. That could be a – I mean, you got other guys coming in that you're going to take your job. You don't know how you're going to be after that Tommy John. It's not a for sure that you're going to be back 100%. I mean, it's it's pretty high, but it's not. It's still surgery. It's still surgery. Yeah, but I mean, that, I mean that, that's, that all goes into my question of at what point is it too much? Because all of this is unnatural. Even Tommy John surgery is unnatural. Yeah, I mean, even throwing over the head is unnatural. All of it is, but I mean, I mean just in terms of the aid. People take steroids, and if it's a banned substance, well, then it's easy to point the finger and vilify them. But if you're taking an over-the-counter supplement, that's unnaturally aiding your performance, too. It's just doing so in a legal way. Even having a surgery, that's aiding your performance in an unnatural way. It's legal, so nobody cares. So at what point is it suddenly wrong? I mean, you go back so you're to saying, you're saying Captain got- America. He, he, he has the super soldier formula, and he's a superhero, <laughs> and it's easy because it's a comic book. But if that's real life... This is a guy taking performance enhancers, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, where's the line drawn? I, know, I think it's unfair for people from the outside to say he cheated, he did this, he did that, when they think that if they took it, they could be doing the same thing. 
completely wrong. Wrong. Because those people have never played the game of baseball, and they're saying that if they took steroids, they, boom. Home runs. I'm hitting home runs. I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. No. Because what goes into that is hand-eye coordination, athleticism, timing. I mean, there's so many things that go into it, and at the end of the day, let's say D. Gordon got popped. He's and he got he went from like four homers or something to like twenty five. He got paid like fifty million. He wore a suspension, still got paid fifty million. You think he's sitting there bad by himself, like upset? Well, do you think that the the money outweighs number one? The fact that he can't play baseball, which is not only his livelihood, but I would assume also his passion in life, that he's forced to sit out for a long time. And he certainly has to suffer a loss of reputation as well. Is that all outweighed completely by the money? All right, let me ask you this question. (sighs) All right. You take steroids. As a broadcaster, you get suspended for 40 games, 50 games. They pay you. Before you're before you get suspended, they give you a fifty million dollar contract. You gonna be all right taking fifty games off, knowing you have fifty million. That's <laughs> probably a point. <laughs> now, that's probably right. I don't think there's any steroid that will help me with my broadcasting. And if there were, well, that's I'd like hypothetical. To, I'd like to tell it. you, I'd like to tell you that I wouldn't do it. But it's hard to imagine if you can get from maybe from point A to point B. Maybe it's not worth it. But if you can get from point A to point D or point E, take that many steps forward based on a supplement. It's hard to say 100% that you wouldn't do it. That's what I'm saying, because sure. you're trying to be the best you can be at what you do. At what you do. No matter what it is. In a short, mm-hmm. And let's think about this. Your baseball career is as long as your index finger. Life is, I mean, until the lights go out. But Yeah, I'll say if the baseball career is the index finger, life is the whole arm. Okay. That's not a lot of time for baseball. I'm trying to get as good as I can, as quick as I can. Yes, it is not morally right to do that. But if you have four kids and a wife that you're trying to take care of, what's 50 games when you're about to make 50 million and take care of your entire family? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is loss of reputation. You will always be looked at as a steroids user from that point on. D. Gordon, the rest of his career, the rest of his life, People talk about D. Gordon. It's not just going to be good baseball player. It's going to be good baseball player who use steroids. We talk about Barry Bonds. He's the all-time home run king. But he's probably, I would think, today known more for a guy who cheated to become the home run king than being the home run king. But they're still saying it. But there's a little window, though. There's a little window, little bitty window that they're saying he did use steroids. I think there's a, a, a big window. You think? I think so. I mean, I mean, how many homers do you think he he hit while he was on the he, juice? He hit while he was on roids. I mean, how long did he play in the majors for? Well, I assume I think 1999 is the generally accepted year that he started doing it. 99 or 2000, I believe he hit over 300 home runs from that point until the end of his career. He got, like, okay, so he has so he has like 763. I think 763. So he's got 400 and something homers without it. Sure, he's a great player, but now his legacy is tarnished. And it's it, always, when people talk about him, it's always, yeah, he used steroids, but he was still a great player. Well, nobody says that about, for instance, well, let's just say Babe Ruth. Nobody says that about Babe Ruth. Nobody says that about Hank Aaron. 
Well, Nobody says that, that about, about Ted Williams or any of these guys. It's they were a great player. It's not they were a great player, but but let's think about Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and those guys. They faced guys that had only a fastball and did, guys that didn't really develop a second pitch until later in their career. And the fastball wasn't even I heard fastball was eighty five, not even nineties, yeah. right? 85 miles an hour. Sure, but athleticism progresses over time for the hitters just as much as it does for the pitchers. Mm-hmm. So, they're, I mean, they're at an even playing field with the people that they're actually playing against. I mean, uh, you got to think, Bay, or Barry Bonds is still, like, when I think of Barry Bonds, I still think he is one of the greatest to ever do it. And I don't even really think about steroids going through my head. I still think he's still, I mean, would you want to be Jake Welch? You made it in the Frontier League, good for you. Or do you want to be Jake Welch? You did a little, you did a little steroids, but you signed three hundred million dollars and you pitched for fifteen years in the bigs. Like, okay, people in the world are saying, "Oh man, that dude did it," but Barry Bonds did it. Like he owns that that ring. Like he is the home run hitter. Mark McGuire did it. Jason Giambi. They all were there. Those are huge names compared to anyone else in the world. If there's a guy out there, you have your your hairdresser saying, "Oh, this, you know, Barry Bonds is a cheater," like a regular person. You're saying, Psh, like. Who, yeah, who are you? Yeah. Do you, you know who Barry Bonds is? <laughs> sure, but, I mean, these people might have higher levels of integrity than Barry I, Bonds. I understand that, but, like... I would rather be, you know, true to myself, be somebody who can live a morally upright life and go to sleep at night feeling confident that I lived the best day that I had lived that day, as opposed to being a guy who is a household name, who has millions and millions of dollars, who did things in a corrupt manner. Ish. I don't think I I don't think I would be able to live with myself, and everybody is able to draw their own line of morality. Yeah, maybe you don't believe you did anything wrong. Let me let me ask you this, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I could be. If you look at every single successful person in America, you think they got to where they were, to where they are now, without making some people upset? Well, it depends very greatly on your definition of success. Without making a lot of people, I mean. I, I try not to think about If someone's upset, let them be. Let's talk about, all right, LeBron James. That guy has zero problems. Not, he hasn't done anything wrong. Nothing's came out in the media about, like, you know, affairs or, you know, doing, like, selfishness. He just bought it. He just uh, Did bought built the, a school. Yeah. I mean, Pay he's doing a lot of good things. Yet people in L.A. still don't accept him for who he is. He's the greatest player of all time. Well, for basketball, though, I mean, people don't know LeBron James personally. And what does it matter what I think of LeBron James? If I met him, maybe we'd become best friends. Probably not. He probably wouldn't have the time of day for me because he doesn't See, need to. See, that's like he doesn't morality need to. right there. Well, my point is that because he's a big dude. Big maybe, maybe he's the, a great guy in person. But from a basketball standpoint, as a basketball fan, I don't need to look at LeBron James and see what sort of things he's doing personally. If I don't want to him to win a basketball game, I'm going to root against him. Simple as that. You know, you're looking at it from always different angles. So if Barry Bonds is saying, at the end of the day, I know I'm taking care of my family. If I do this one thing, yet it may be harmful to my body later on down the road. But I, I know my kids are taken care of. I know my grand, their kids are taken care of. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. I mean, I'm have a pretty good those feeling good, that he can lay his head yeah. firmly on that pillow and, and say, I've done everything I can do. That's entirely fine for him. You know, like I said, everybody draws their own line of morality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he's happy with the person he is, then good for him. But as a baseball fan, 
It doesn't Baseball mean you have to be happy with the way he played the game. Well, what about True. what about Jeter? Didn't Jeter something do something with blood blood doping or something like that? He so no so what did he, so what's the thing where they take your blood out, they spin it, gets your white blood cells heated up? Or so Ray Lewis did that. Yeah, and they put it back in the body. Is that not aiding in that's blood doping? Yeah, is that not aiding in your success? Which yeah, I mean, consider is gives legal, you an edge. but can give you a higher edge. Yeah, they, Ray Lewis got. A lot of people that. do that now. I'm well, that's pretty the, sure that's LeBron what's huge James in cycling too, right? That, I mean, it, it depends on the the legality of it is entirely a different question from whether or not it's moral, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's for every person, I think, to determine on their own. And you can say too, when when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds were hitting all those home runs, well, steroids were not technically banned by Major League Baseball. No. They were illegal in the United States of America, but they were not technically banned by Major League Baseball. That doesn't necessarily make them moral, but that's for every person to determine, I think, on their own. Where, where would the game of baseball be without Mark McGuire, Barry Sammy Bonds, Sosa. Sammy Sosa, Jose Canseco? It's a really good question because Roger I mean, Clemens. The, it was, the game yeah. was in a bad place Roger right Clemens. after the strike. That's my guy. Andy Pettit. Where... Where would the game be? I think this conversation, though, would go in a completely different direction if you're talking to three random baseball fans off the street as opposed to talking to three professional baseball players. 100%. Yeah. And if anybody that's listening to this has any question about it, none of us are saying that you should do steroids or anything like that, but if you do have any questions, send them in. be awesome. Can yeah. we do that? Can people yeah, do yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. How- My email address is tbonadonna at wcthunderbolts.com. That's tb. O-N-A-D-O-N-N-A at WCThunderbolts.com. I'm happy to take any questions because we'll be doing another one of these shows in about a week or two. But uh, this is actually time for us to stop right now because it's been about a half hour and you guys have batting practice to get to. So, And uh, any other questions that people want, right, there? Yeah, can, if you want yeah. to propose Whatever a topic they want us to for the roundtable. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see how many people are, are viewing right now? Uh, well, right now, nobody because nope. we're not live. But, oh, so it goes uh, on. No, it's oh, recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you yeah. could yeah. also shoot us DMs. Right, I'm sure we all have social media. Yeah, here. yeah. you can all, all go ahead we're, and promote, we're, promote we're wherever all here, you want to be Jake found. Welch, five eight five underscore Welch. Hit me up. You know. Yep. D <laughs> underscore back underscore two. Yep. D Peden twenty. <laughs> You'll see his Captain simple. America shirt. It's all over his Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Follow all three of these guys and uh, send them any questions, any any topics you want to have discussed. Because uh, I know Blair Beck's been here plenty of times before. Drew Peden's been here before, and I. I believe that Jake Welch would be willing to come back as well. And, of course, we'll have another panel in a couple of weeks, too, with uh, some more Thunderbolts players. So if there's anything that anybody wants us to talk about, if there's any questions you have for any of us, we're happy to take them. Right now, though, time to close up shop. Uh, I'm sorry to cut this conversation short. I think it's been uh, a lot of interesting thoughts bandied about here. But uh, thank you very much for showing up. Blair Beck, once again, as always, happy to have you with me here. Always a pleasure to be a co-host here. Drew Peden, I'm glad you were able to, to come up for a second time. Hope that... Life is a little bit easier for you now. Not that it was difficult last time we talked, but I think for a rookie it gets easier as the year goes on. So hopefully yeah, things it gets are working more out. comfortable. But thank you for having me. And Jake Welch, of course, first timer here on the Roundtable. Thank you. Loved it. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you again next time on Bolts of the Roundtable. For Blair Beck, Drew Pete, and Jake Welch, this is Terry Bonadonna. Talk to you later.